You're listening to Arrowhead Radio. He doesn't love us because we're good. He loves us because he's good. You can't steer a boat that's not moving. We, need, we as Christians, we need to start opening our mouths. And it says that he who believes on the Son has life, and he that does not believe um, does not have life, and the wrath of God abides on him. Uh, to me, one of the greatest things God did to me was give me peace, give me a hope, give me a promise. And I thought, I have eternal life. I'm, I'm about for heaven, and it's, it's forever. I'm Mark Dana. And I'm Venus Cote. And this is Hope to the Nations. Eric Sinclair. Yes, sir. What are you up to these days? Uh, right now, I'm uh, working as a family well-being worker. Oh, wow. Uh, there's, uh, there's about, uh, there's a little over 600 of us in Ontario working. Okay. It's just an Ontario thing, a provincially funded program. And it's located on my reserve, my First Nation, Washagamas Bay. So what do you do? I'm, right now, I'm working with youth. That's my main, main focus. It's supposed to... It's 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 cut up in three three things. Um, the the reason why the family well being program was established it came out of the uh, the truth and reconciliation. Um, right? Okay. Uh, what had happened is that there's you know they're they're trying to figure out okay what are we how are we going to help these people that have come out of residential school how are we going to help the their their descendants and and this was born out of that and what. What problems, I guess, came out of the residential school uh, was uh, domestic abuse. Um, that is uh, one of the focuses of the family well-being program is to help those who are in um, abusive relationships to, to uh, get away from it and to help them get them back up on their feet. Mm. And, uh, so that's, um, it's, it's kind of a swept under the rug um, issue. So um, not a whole lot of people come come forward and say, you know, I'm in, a, in an abusive re- uh, relationship and, you know, because there's fear there. There's there's all kinds of things that, that come into play there. And so I've only um, been able to help out a couple uh, couple people so far. And so that's that's one of the focuses of the family well-being uh, program. The other focus is, is to keep kids out of the foster care system try to get them back to their families yeah and that's that's uh that's another thing that i am to be uh helping with and then overall uh because it's called the family well-being program it's like overall reaching out to families helping them in their struggles and uh um it's interesting because uh, one of the things um noted in there is uh, the youth the youth have a primary purpose in in our in our communities and so that gives me the opportunity and it helps me to, to reach out to the youth. So, so there's funding there for that, to uh, reach out to the youth. And what I do uh, twice a week on Tuesday evenings, Friday evenings, I, I do activities with the kids, uh, sports activities like Ken Ditchburn used to do. Uh, yeah. And so, 
Yeah, yeah, so it's kind of neat. I, I get to reach out to my community that way. Last Tuesday, we played uh, road hockey, or boot hockey, I guess other uh, people call it. We've been doing that every winter, so play road hockey. And then on Fridays, we play dodgeball. And uh, just gives the kids, you know, something to do, stay out of trouble yep. a little bit. And, and I take them to Tim Hortons afterward on Fridays. Well, there you go. And they just love that. Yeah. So do your own kids participate too? Uh, they do when, when they're not working. Amy's working at um, Shoppers Drug Mart in the evenings. Okay. She's in grade uh, huh. She's in grade 10 now. Matthew's graduated, but he went back. He went back for, for school. Like uh, he wanted to get some, like there's some courses that he didn't do too well in. So he, he's retaking a couple of those. They, so they call him a super senior now because so, he's, he's graduated, <laughs> but he's gone back. <laughs> senior on <Yeah>. steroids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what does that make us then? Us, us seniors. Eh? Oh, uh, <laughs> super, super seniors. <laughs> elders. Oh, elders. elders. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's really cool. You included yourself in our fellowship. That's great. <laughs> A little bit of, little bit of gray on the side. Well, I got there. the gray. I might as well. <laughs> Wisdom, my friend. Wisdom. <laughs> would Would you like to introduce our guest? Oh yes, um, yes, I would love to do that. Uh, for all of you listening, our guest is Eric Sinclair. He's with us from the Kenora area. Venus, you want to add to that? Eric graduated from KBI. And he is married and has two children. And now he's an amazing ministry, he and his wife. So it's another person that Venus met at Kiwait and Bible Institute. He, 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 he thinks I know everybody. He knows everybody. Every guest I think we've ever had on here, Venus somehow knew from KBI or elsewhere. She's a popular lady. Yeah. <laughs> Small world. It's um, really quite cutting edge what you're doing there with the families and the needs of the families. Yeah. Um, how, how are things going with your own family? Going well. Like um, um, Matthew's just recently applied to a couple of Bible, Bible schools. Mm -hmm. We really encouraged with that because, uh, you know, kids get into their teen years and they start to want to do their own thing and uh, for a little while there Matthew was struggling spiritually and uh, it was kind of scary to see you know but mm -hmm. you know because you know you all he grew up in the church and uh, you know he's just uh, we're following God and 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 then to see your own kid wanting to follow something different it's uh it's a it's a little scary so mm. you have to I think that's what we we really um, remember that God is the one looking after them. And uh, yeah. we have to continue releasing our kids to the Lord. Yeah. And and just recently, yeah, um, Matthew, I like we've mentioned it to him before about Bible school. And, and you know, we said, yeah, you, you should try to go for at least one year, you know, just get a little, get a good foundation. And, uh, and yeah, he just recently says, yeah, I want to do that. Um, and so we helped them look at Bible schools online to, to 
to apply. And so he's applied to a couple of them. And uh, actually, I want him to also apply to uh, uh, New Brunswick Bible Institute. Oh, wow. Oh. Um, he, he wants That's to... Like right now. 15 okay. minutes for me. That's 15 That's minutes right. from my house. Yeah. Really? Oh, wow. That's cool. We'll look after him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> yeah, so... Yeah. I'm going to get him to look into that school as well because um, we, we heard some good things about that one and uh, also um, Miller, Miller College of the Bible. Yeah. Um, that, yeah. That one he's applied to as well and he's also applied to um, uh, Nipawin Bible Institute and yeah. so, so or Bible College, I guess they call it now. So yeah, so we're, we're excited for him and uh, kind of, you know, kind of sad, kind of sad too. Yeah. You know, he'll be leaving the nest for a, little, for a few months and uh, yeah. So, yeah. So, so yeah. you uh, starting a whole new uh, chapter, eh? That's right. Yeah. 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 What would um, What would you think would be the value as a parent of a uh, a Bible education? <clears throat> I I think it's I think it's very valuable because even as even as parents, um, you know, you try to teach them the right things and uh, and you give them advice on on biblical situations and um but sometimes they they need um more like uh friends and uh also teachers um so so i think there's uh something very valuable there that they need to to get out on their own and uh become their own person yeah and find out find out the truth uh you know on their own time and so i i'm excited i'm excited that that we as parents can can help them do that that's, yeah. that's that's encouraging. That's encouraging mm. for sure. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did you um, when you were his age? Were you following uh, the Lord's ways at that moment? No, actually. Um, let's see. He's he's eighteen now. So at eighteen, I um, I tried committing suicide. Um, so I was kind of down in the trenches and. So yeah, to to see that that my son is uh, doesn't have to go through that that that's mm-hmm. very very encouraging to me, and it's it's interesting to see him growing up and saying, yeah, when I was this age, I was doing this, or when I was this age, I was doing that, and and uh, so I'm glad that uh, that he was uh, he doesn't he doesn't have to see a lot of that uh, yeah. growing up. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Hope for the new generation. Take us back to that thought of uh, mm. where we're struggling, and how did you get through, and how did you commit yourself to God from there? Um, at the age of eighteen, I um, I had uh, already um, experienced the drinking and the drug uh, scene. At that point, growing up, I was uh, I was an introvert, and um, I kind of. Um, I guess now, now that I'm older, I kind of go back and forth to being an extrovert and an introvert. But when I was uh, when I was younger, I was very uh, mainly an, an introvert, and so kept myself a lot, stayed in my room lots, and uh, just did that. And then, and then over time, um, you just you experience the the drug life and just your thoughts, your own thoughts, and um, um, I, I became suicidal and I wanted to kill myself. 
Yeah, in fact, um, the place where I wanted to kill myself uh, is like a, a three-minute walk from my office, and uh, it was a it was a tower. There's a tower that's it's still sitting there, the tower, and they mm-hmm. they put up this tower because um, they had these satellites, these big old satellites, and then and you know people were were getting um, TV programs that they can watch from through satellite on the reserve here and. And uh, um, so I decided one day or one night that I'm going to climb that tower and uh, jump off. It's built on on these rocks. And so I was was hoping that it would be a a quick death. And so that night I was, you know, still living at my parents' place, 18 years old. And um, I I decided, yeah, I'm going to go do it. And so it was nighttime. I was walking up um, toward that tower, and uh, it was it was like fall time. It was a scary time for me because I was like, "Yeah, this, this is it. I'm gonna I'm gonna take my own life and be done with with my my suffering." <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and so so I was walking up that that hill toward that tower interesting thing happened was um it, it was starting to get windy and i was like oh yeah well, i didn't really think much of it and um and then i started getting closer to the tower and and uh and it started getting windier um it got to the point where i was staggering literally staggering up that hill to get to that tower uh, it was so windy um, I, w- I wasn't I wasn't drunk or anything. I was just fighting the wind, trying to get up to that tower. And then it dawned on me um, who sent that wind. And uh, I, in my mind, I went back to um, when the missionaries would come to my reserve. They would they would have these little Bible clubs going, and and I remembered. Jesus and I, and I, I remember the, the stories and uh, I remembered the gospel that Jesus came to die for me. And I turned around that night and I said out loud to the wind, I said, okay, God, you got your point across. And I went home and I, and I went and laid, laid back down in my bed there. My parents were out in the living room watching TV. And when I was a kid, I, I learned to ask Jesus into my heart uh, for him to save me. I didn't quite understand that um, as a kid because I seemed like every night I would always pray that prayer, uh, Jesus, come save me. You know, I'm a sinner. And and every night it, it, it was like just this little ritual that I would do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that night... Um, it became a life-changing moment because when I cried out to God silently there in my room, it was like the spirit came down to live to live in me. I, I just felt this joy, this this immense joy, a joy that I've never ever felt in my life, and and I wanted to get up and run into the living room and tell my parents what what had happened. But I was scared. I, I Like, what are they going to think of me? Because you know, 
because the idea around here of a, of a Christian is someone who's crazy. <laughs> and I thought, man, they're going to think I'm crazy. So, so I, I left it, left it alone. And, um, and yet I believe that's when, that's when I got saved. I believe that that's when the spirit came to, to indwell in me and to, uh, oh, I should have shut the ringer up here. I got scared and, and I left it and I kept it to myself. And then, and then uh, eventually over time, I got back into the drinking and the drug and fell back into that same lifestyle. And, and I'm glad that, that God is so patient with us that he, he, remains, he remains with us. He doesn't leave us. Over the next couple of years, um, God was patient and sent uh, another missionary to, to a home that I was living in, a home where we, we drank all the time. And that missionary um, encouraged me back to the Lord. It was just neat to see how God did that. Like uh, over time, he just called me back to himself again. And I'm always encouraged to, to think that when, when I see people struggling, when I talk to people that don't know the Lord, um, that God is not done with them. God is, is patient with them and he, he's calling, calling them to himself. One yeah. of the things that people don't understand about God, and I'm learning myself, is that God is, he is patient, he's compassionate. He's a just God, but it's not the other way around. Like, it's not that he's a just God just looking for justice. He's actually patient with us and loving us and compassionate. That's, that's more of who we see God than actually is justice. I guess we all see that in our lives. So when did you actually make it public? Um, so that same missionary, he was reaching out to our community here. I was, uh, so I was about, yeah, I was about 19 going, just, um, I was going to turn 20. And um, he was reaching out to uh, my family, like um, my cousins and um, my, my uncles, uh, my uncle's sons. And he, he had this relationship with them and he would take them, you know, he would take them over to his place and they, they you know, they'd have supper. And uh, the cousin that, that I was living with was one of the guys that was going over to to the missionary house and he would come back in the evening and he'd say man that was just so so good to be with these uh these people he's like you can tell me about them and and one day one of the ladies that was going out with with one of the one of my cousins she had come to the lord through through this missionary's uh, ministry and i saw this was the first time i ever saw um, a native Christian that I that I knew, and she she was very kind and uh, very quiet, and and uh, my cousin brought her like like he was he was the boyfriend of her or uh, yeah he was the boyfriend of her, and uh, they they came over to visit us, and we had just uh, finished having a a weekend of partying, and uh, the house was dirty, and uh, the dishes were all dirty, and and they came over to to come and visit, and she walked in and immediately went right to our our uh, our sink and started doing our dishes. And we sat there, you know, kind of watched her, and we <laughs> we visited us us guys, uh, and that, 
in fact, um, the, the missionary uh, would, or, or maybe, yeah, he would, he would drop off these little, you know, little tracts and stuff that we can read. And, and we were making fun of one of these tracts, eh? and I was trying to get a rise out of, out of her, you know, get her mad, you know, give me an excuse, you know, to, to blame and, or to, you know, I don't know, just, just, just to make fun. And she did not say a thing like she would, and she was just quietly did her dish, did our dishes. And, uh, and after the visit, uh, they went home and that really spoke to me, um, because she, she didn't get mad at us and it kind of, um, I guess, I don't know. It, it just made me think, wow, who does she worship, you know, or what, why the difference, you know? And so anyway, that spoke lots. And I started thinking a lot more, you know, about what should I, should I really commit to God? You know, like, <clears throat> should I really do it? And it's like over time, God was convicting me of, of my drinking and my drugs and, you know, all the things that come, come with that party life. He was convicting me. And I like, I needed to get away from, from that environment. And so I asked the, the current or the, the, the chief and counsel at the time, I asked him if I can get a house and uh, live, live on my own. You know, a single guy, you know, you don't really get too many chances um, at a house. <clears throat> and yeah. so they said, yeah, how, how about you live with a couple other single guys in this one house here? And yeah, we can make that happen. And so, so they, um, so yeah, we, us three guys moved in there. Uh, but the one guy didn't move in with us. So there was just me and me and another guy. And then that guy kept drinking and, and that, that was something I just didn't want to do. And so we kind of got into, to a little bit of a tussle there and I ended up, <laughs> I ended up kicking him out of the house. <laughs> and so, um, so then it was just me, um, me in that house and, um, I was still struggling with cigarettes. Yeah, like a, that was an addiction that I just couldn't kick. So I'm sitting there in the house, you know, some smoking, and um, these younger kids would come over. You know, they want to smoke too, so they'd come and bum cigarettes off me. Next thing you know, I'm just you know hanging around with these these younger kids, and, this, and then after a while, it was like uh, this. Oh, this Bible! This Bible was was in that house too. Someone let, had left the previous family left the Bible there, and so I was reading that. And so I found myself alone again um, because I wasn't drinking or, or doing drugs. Um, and then that same missionary uh, shows up at my door one day, and he says, and he gives me this uh, piece of paper printed up at his house, uh, you know, inviting me to a gospel sing in his backyard, and, and there was going to be a a native gospel band there. And, and so I was like, man, that's, that's interesting. I've been really, you know, I've been reading through that Bible and thinking about recommitting my life. And, and so I was like, yeah, I think I'm going to do it. You know, I, I really need to do this. Like, because my life right now is just, you know, I'm not doing really anything. And so I, I prayed to God that, that night and, I finished my last cigarette of my cigarette pack. And, and I said, okay, God, tomorrow I'm going to go to that gospel sing. It was a, 
the gospel sin was June 16th. I was like, I'm going to go to that. And I'm going to give my life to you, God, fully tomorrow. Mm. I went, went to bed that night, got up in the morning and did my usual things. I, you know, but I didn't, I didn't have a cigarette. I didn't want to smoke. And so that missionary came because I had gotten, gotten a hold of him the, that, that week and uh, asked if he can come pick me up. So he picked me up and we drove around, picked up other people on the reserve and went to town where he lived and got to, got to see the first, uh, the first ever in my life, uh, a native gospel band in a backyard singing uh, is uh, I don't know if you ever heard of a Morley Beardy, but uh, he had a gospel gospel band anyway. And I was like, huh, yeah, this is this is definitely interesting. And uh, anyway, the, the the meeting was done. We ate, and then uh, the missionary was going to drive you drive us all back to the reserve. And we we're on our way back, and I'm thinking in my mind, I'm like, I'm gonna I need to ask him to to help me come to the Lord. Um, I knew exactly, I knew exactly how to come to the Lord. I, I, I knew because, because when I was a kid, I heard, I heard the way and yet I wanted his help. So, so I told him, I said, uh, Dave, can you, um, can you drop me off last? <laughs> and he's like, yeah, sure, sure. So we dropped off everyone on reserve and then, uh, drove to that house that I was living, living in. And, uh, we, uh, pulled into the driveway and he and we just sat there and I was like um I was wondering if uh if you could show me how to how to uh come to the Lord I think that's how I said it I can't remember how I said it but he said oh yeah yeah he said I, I, I could do that and uh and then he says can I come inside yeah sure so we went into the house and sat there at at uh in the living room area, and uh, and I could tell he was nervous. Eh? He was just uh, he's uh, looking, he's looking through uh, through. He was actually looking through my Bible, and uh, you know he's fixing up some of the pages, some of the you know, some of the more dog-eared from just you know just being thrown around. <laughs> and uh, and he's uh, he's fixing them all up, and he's just cracking his knuckles, and he's uh, and he's he's trying to explain to me, and he's he's going. He's going to different verses in the Bible and and uh, and reading them to me and uh, and and yet I, I already knew like I just I knew I just I just wanted to to pray with him I just wanted to to make that day the day that that I was going to follow with all my heart yeah and and so so we prayed you know he he asked if I needed to confess anything and I confessed some things and. And and then after after we prayed, um, you know, he took me through through the sinner's prayer, and then he looks at me after and he says, "So," he says, "How do you feel?" <laughs> and I'm like, huh? <laughs> "Same." <laughs> I, <was> like, yeah. <laughs> I think he was hoping for some yeah for some miraculous thing or I don't know I don't know what he was hoping for. I, actually, I should ask him one of these days. He's, he's, he lives in the, the States. But uh, anyway, um, it, it was, that was the beginning. And, uh, and he, he said to me, um, yeah, well, I'm, I'm always here for you. Uh, just let me know 
if you have any questions or um, and I said yeah I, I actually I actually would like to do something and he said oh he says yeah I want to I want to have a bonfire I said <laughs> I said I want to there were some things in my house that I knew um, didn't please God and I said to him um, I want to I want to burn these things and he's like oh yeah yeah for sure um, and, and so he came back that evening and he brought uh, another missionary and and that missionary was uh, became my my spiritual father they came to my house and we sat there or we, we stood there and around that fire and watched my my things burn it was interesting because as we were sat, stood there watching the fire burn one of my cousins pulls up in a taxi all drunk <laughs> and he he was wondering what we were doing <laughs> i don't even know why the taxi stopped there or, or what maybe he was just looking for somebody but but he came and said hello to us and, and then I, right away it was it was like the first test of my faith like hey the, i'm associating with these missionaries now you know <laughs> should yeah. i and uh what should i do and uh and yet i stood my ground you know i i said you know i, I visited with him and we were all you know, enjoying a little visit and and uh, introduced them to to the one missionary guy because he was new to our community and and yeah, it was it was neat again to see um, the test of faith there that uh, I could have just said, oh no, I don't know these guys, you know, <laughs> I don't even know why the fire here, you know, <laughs> I could have did something like that, but uh, but no, it was Peter, like Peter did, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so it was exciting. It was exciting to to know that God God was there for me. He had sent those two missionaries to to be my mentors, and yeah, it's been it's been a great a great journey since. You know, you get your lonely your lonely times because um, you're not only Aboriginal or Indigenous, but you're also a Christian, and yeah. and uh, that that makes it a little bit more lonelier than. Than most most people experience, but uh, God sent you uh, a helper, right? A companion. Mm. Mm -hmm. How did that happen? Yeah. About? <laughs> okay, you talking about the Venus Holy Spirit or my wife? Venus always <laughs> leads after when we get to this. <laughs> Your wife? <laughs> oh, my wife. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Spell it oh. out. Well, well. My wife can act like the Holy Spirit every once in a while too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, with strong convictions. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I met um, I met my wife at Bible school. I guess to tie to that tie that story together, um, it was. Uh, I was I was really well. I was I was um, I guess longing to get married. I, I I wanted to get married, but I also wanted to to grow to grow as a Christian. And and I was talking to my my mentor, the missionary there, the new missionary in our community, and uh, his name's Gerald. And and I said, uh, um, is there a place I can go to? You know. Because I, I, I was a little lonely for some fellowship, like I, I did enjoy fellowshipping with, with his family and uh, getting to know his his family, his kids, and 
but but there was something more I wanted. I wanted to I wanted to enjoy some some good Christian relationships outside of my community um, because there wasn't really anyone my age on on my reserve that that knew the Lord. And so, like, there were some older people that that knew the Lord, but I wanted someone my own age that I can interact with. And so he started looking around at Bible schools for me. And I have never heard of a Bible school in my life. So I was like, yeah, well, sure, go ahead. Uh, and then so he, he brought me some information on one Bible school. And and uh, I was like, uh, yeah, I, I'm not really interested in that. And so he, he kept looking. And then he brought me a yearbook of uh, the Kuwaitan Bible Institute. And there was information there. <clears throat> and he had gotten all this information from uh, John Siebert, who was the director of the Bible school at the time. And so I, I started looking through those, those, uh, uh, that yearbook. I was like, and, this, and I was like, hey, this is cool. Because it shows testimonies of the students. And, and uh, I was, got to read who they were. And I was like, ah, that's pretty neat. I was like, yeah, yeah, I want to do this. So he made some arrangements. Um, there was an application process that I had to go through. I got funding from uh, from my my reserve, or actually it was wasn't my reserve. It was it was uh, another First Nations uh, organization that 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 gives funding for people who are going for their their education or furthering their education. And so um, I I got the. I got the funding and the application went through and I got accepted. I uh, jumped on a train from Kenora, Ontario, all the way to Edmonton, Alberta. It was a 19 hour uh, ride. Never been on a train before. Actually, I think I was when I was a baby, but anyway, um, <laughs> uh, I enjoyed that. Enjoyed that trip. It was just so, so beautiful to just, see the prairies and be on a train it was really neat and and i got to edmonton jumped on a bus there up to lac labish and that's where i met john siebert he picked me up at the at the bus depot and uh took me to uh to kbi you know and i think of uh of you know the movies and how they portray a university campus or a college campus it's beautiful you know like Beautifully groomed, the green grass and shrubs and all that. Oh, just just, just picturing that, eh? And then, and then we drove and drove down that KBI road and uh, saw the old houses and. Uh, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Changed my uh, my image of uh, college, but uh, but um, but just uh, that. That was just that was just buildings. It was just uh, um, it was the people that really uh, that really got a hold of my heart. The the friends I made. Um, one story there you know, before we get to Michelle. Um, I was sitting I was sitting there. Uh, it was right before Northwest, actually. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, I'm, I'm jumping ahead of myself. I I went to KBI the first time for the youth retreat. It was a, a Northwest youth retreat. 1998 1998 Ooh, um it's a long time ago uh yeah um <laughs> hang on was it 98 i went to i went to i went to kbi september 98 okay so it was in february of 98 yeah is when i um 
when I went to the youth retreat and I was sitting there, um, I was, I was one of the first, the first retreaters because, um, because of the train schedule and, and just, uh, um, yeah, I just got there early. And, uh, so I was sitting there in the dining hall with, with the single students and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and my mind went right back to the yearbook. Say, I was like, Hey, okay. I know this guy here. I just read about him and I was sitting across from him. His name was Frank Ward. <laughs> and I was like, Hey, I know you. I was like, <laughs> and then he just kind of looked at me. <laughs> he gave me this look. He's like, okay, this is good. What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> and, uh, uh, little did I know that he would be, uh, one of my best friends at Bible school. And, um, and and I met um, I met the others there. That at the time there was Stan Nickley, um, and of course Michelle Cook, uh, who uh, who later became Michelle Sinclair. And then uh, there was uh, uh, who else was there? there was, I just remember those three, <laughs> and just enjoyed that that youth retreat. We went there for my first year in September, like I said, and got to know Michelle more. Uh, um, so I met her at the Northwest uh, Youth Retreat. Yeah, we became real good friends, like all of us. We became real good friends. So it was a good, healthy um, friendship. Uh, that's, that's where it started. And then the next year, in my second year, and uh, and in her second year as well, we, we shared the second year together and got to know each other some more and, and fell in love with her and, yeah, um, ended up, I dated her twice and then we got married something like that it went pretty quick anyway really <laughs> quick <laughs> you believe in things happening in threes maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> so we've been married for 21 years going on 22 this summer Bless your heart. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's, she's put up with me for these past uh, 21 years. And yeah, she's she's definitely a godly woman. <laughs> what is her home community? She's from, uh, she's from Thompson, Manitoba. Okay. We have Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. Family, I know that. Yeah. You have a love. And you sing together sometimes. We we did a lot of singing together um, in our in our first decade decade of marriage. Yeah. First of all, did you play guitar before mm. Bible school, yeah. or did you learn? I played before Bible school. Um, oh. I was 15, I was fifteen when my cousin introduced me to it. When I became a Christian, I, I put it away because all I knew was rock songs, and, <laughs> and, <laughs> and I, I didn't feel comfortable uh, playing that. At Bible school, and uh, and so so yeah, I, I I picked it back up when I went uh, went back to Bi- or when I went to Bible school, because um, Frank and Stan they both play guitar, and so I wanted to to play with them too, and yeah, that's where it started up started up again, and uh, we went to Tribal Trails for our second in our second year. They you you get the chance to go and visit headquarters in Prince Albert, Saskatchewan. And um, that's where that's where we got to see uh, tribal trails. And for some reason, they put us on the same team, me and Michelle. And at the time, we were kind of, you know, we were checking each other out. We weren't really 
um, a couple yet. And uh, uh, next thing you know, we're singing together on tribal trails in the studio there. And, you know, because we, 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 we had a singing ministry uh, as a, as a school team, like, you know, our class would go out and sing and stuff. So we, that was our first time ever being recorded together in tribal trails it was before we were married. And uh, I think to this day, you could even see, see us singing together, um, really young looking. And uh, see, that's how I stay young, eh? I, uh, was it in black and white? <laughs> yeah, black and white. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was color, okay? Technicolor. Okay, they, they touched it up a little bit. They yeah. touched it up, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, but... Um, but unfortunately, I don't, I don't, uh, we don't sing a lot together anymore. Um, I, I developed arthritis in my hands and feet. Um, and it's hard. It's, it, it hurts <laughs> to play guitar now. So, uh, yeah, so we kind of put that ministry aside. So, maybe but, uh, some other kind of instrument. Maybe, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> something, something I could play without my hands. Yes. So Eric, would you have any closing thoughts for people that are listening? I I really appreciate you sharing. It's it's very mm. uh, it's very uplifting. And mm. you have any thoughts about a word know, of encouragement? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh man, uh, one of the things that that has been encouraging us uh, we we go to church uh, here in my hometown. And one of the one of the guys that speaks there, he used to be the pastor there, but now he's retired. And but he still comes and speaks um, when we when we need a speaker. Or, and he's been really encouraging us in the the thought of um, election and how God has has known us um, even before uh, we were we were made. And and in fact. His word says he's chosen us. And it's, it's been really neat to, to ponder that a lot um, these days because <clears throat> I often wondered how, how, he's, how he calls us to himself and how, how he, he, again, he's so patient with us. My girl, she, she's been kind of struggling too spiritually. She's, she, she's, I guess, at that age where she's, she's uh, trying to figure things out and um, when she heard that message um, about God has chosen us before the foundations of the world, um, she said to me later, she said, that, that meant a lot to me. She said, that's been really, really good to hear that from, from my own daughter. And, yeah. and for me too, it's, it's, it's um, to know that, that God has a plan for each one of us. He, he has it figured out. Sometimes we don't have things figured out. A lot of the times we don't have things figured out. And sometimes we, we try to figure things out without God. And yet he's there. He's there and he's, he's, he's waiting. He's, he's putting things into play for us so that we can choose him. And, yeah. that, and that, that's, that's the encouraging thing that, that I've been thinking about lately is that um, we need to choose him. Um, that's all we got to do is, uh, direct our hearts to him and say, God, what now? Yeah. So, yeah. So that's, that's kind of been what my thoughts have been lately. 
um, you know, with COVID and all that, it's it's been it's been tough. It's been tough for a lot of people, and uh, yet God is there in the waiting, and yeah. He wants to pull us through that. Thank you, Eric Sinclair, yes, Ontario, for coming, sharing with us today. Yeah, definitely it's great talking to you, Eric. Okay, have a good day, guys. You, you too. too. Okay, thank you. This has been a broadcast of Arrowhead Radio, a ministry of Arrowhead Native Bible Center. For good Christian resources, visit our bookstore at wabanakibooks.com. Look for a new episode next week, wherever you find your favorite podcasts.